our, our first day and a half in Honolulu and did did all of that, uh, did the Pearl Harbor thing, and then then we flew from uh, from uh, the from Oahu uh, from Honolulu over to to Maui. When we got to the car rental place, went up and I got the car rental and was just just about to walk out of the office uh, when I turned kind of as a as almost a, a second thought, I turned and asked the guy, hey, what is the best way to get to West Maui? Our our, our hotel was in West Maui, particularly in Kanapali uh, Beach. And so I said, what's the best way to get there? Now, I really wasn't concerned because I had my I had my iPhone in my pocket, and I knew that all I had to do was plug in the, the address to the, the motel, to the re- resort that we were staying at, and it would take me turn by turn right there. But just kind of as a... A second thought, I, I said to him, Hey, what's the best way to get there? And he, he, he pulled off a piece of, uh, of paper. It was on this, this big pad. It was a map of Maui and he pulled that off and, and, and I walked over and he showed me how to get there. And he said, this is what I would do. I'd go out and he said, go out from the, the car rental place. You'll go a little ways and you'll hit one highway and you'll go a, a little bit and, and, and then you'll hit highway 30. And he, and he made this one comment. He said, he said, always keep the ocean to your left. If the ocean is on your left-hand side, then you're headed the right direction. So so with that little bit of information, we headed out to the car. Well, I had the map. I had his words, but I had my iPhone too. So I, I plugged in the address to Kanapali Beach Hotel into my phone, and and I, I pulled out of the, the car rental place. And we got, I don't know, maybe the first or second intersection. Uh, and I remember what the guy had said, you're going to keep going straight. And I, I th- think he said there was like a Costco on your left and you'll veer a little bit right. We, we'd gone about two intersections and my iPhone uh, said, turn right. And I'm like, well, that's not what that guy said. He he said, stay straight and veer a little bit right. So I, I, I thought I'm going to follow there. Maybe you know, my iPhone's off just a little little bit. So I stayed on that route and 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 with every intersection for miles my phone would say turn around my phone would say make a right here and head back and 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 in fact we ended up going leaving the the city and headed out into the the countryside we were traveling on uh, on route 380 and it's exactly what the guy had told me and i'd i'd looked at the map again that he had and i i was right where it said to go and we finally came to a t in the road to to highway 30 and my my map said, and the guy had said, turn left on 30. My phone was shouting at me, turn right on Highway 30. And we were faced with the decision, weren't we? You weren't. <laughs> How many of you believe she wasn't telling me what to do? Uh, and I'll be honest, I'm not, I can't remember which one she said, uh, to follow the phone or follow the guy. I don't remember what she said because I was so stressed. Like, what, what do I do? But from that intersection, looking off to the left, you could just start to catch the, the sun glistening off the ocean. And I remember what he said, keep the ocean to your left-hand side. And so I stayed on the highway. Um, we, we traveled, I don't know, we, we were maybe about 10 minutes from our hotel when finally my phone said, because it kept telling me, turn around. Finally, my phone said uh, in, in a loud voice, okay, have it your way. Keep going. Well, it didn't really say that, but... But literally, I, we were about 10 or 15 miles from a hotel when it finally said, you know, agreed with me that this would get us to our hotel. And sure enough, we arrived there. Today, we're going we're gonna to look in John chapter 3 
at the second pillar. We, we started last week and we talked about the first pillar that, that Jesus talks about in this, uh, in, in this section of John chapter three, 17 to 21. Uh, and we've been talking, uh, for, for three weeks. I, we kind of started a series within our John series called Three on Three. I, I have to change that because I put an extra sermon, so now it's four on three, but that doesn't sound quite as snappy. So, so, so we're going to finish that third sermon today on, uh, Three on three and, and look at that second, uh, that second pillar, which is, is simply this. We have a decision. We looked last week that we have a savior and we'll see that the passage now talks about having a decision. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter three. I'm going to read verses 17 through 21. You'll see immediately in that first verse that there's a, uh, there's that statement that we have a savior and then the other verses you'll see that we have a decision. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone is uh, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he does has been done through God. You know, I, this is not part of the sermon. I'm not sure when I'm going to have to switch to a uh, a giant print, but I'm having hard and hard time uh, reading uh, this. Uh, and it's not even small print that I have uh, here today. So, so we're going to look at that. That second pillar, uh, we have a decision. We've been talking about from John chapter three over the last three weeks, uh, this three on three. The first one was the question. Some of you've heard, heard this review two or three times now, but the, the first one, verses one through three talked about the question. Nicodemus, and, and that's a guy that Jesus is talking to even down in these verses. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, came to Jesus and uh and he asked a question it was kind of a veiled question he really he made it sound like a statement when he said hey i know you're sent from god you're a teacher you're a rabbi that was a statement of of of, of trust and honor uh no, no one could do what you're doing if he wasn't sent from god so he asked a veiled question then jesus answered a question the guy didn't ask jesus answered the question that really needed to be asked jesus answered the question that actually we're going to talk kind of about it again today Jesus answered the most important question that really was laying on the table. What do I need to do? How can I have eternal life? How can I know what God wants from my life? That's the question that, that Jesus answered when he said, well, you've got to be born again. Uh, then we looked the next week at the message. That was from John chapter 3, verse 16, that, that, that iconic verse. It tells us about God, that he loved us and he gave us. It points us and turns us to Jesus, and it touches our deepest need to belong and to live beyond. And then last week we looked at the first pillar. We saw that in verse 17, that we have a Savior. Now, Nicodemus, Nicodemus didn't even realize that he needed saving. He thought that, that all the good works that he was doing, he thought all the rule-keeping and all the following of the law was going to be good enough for him. But then Jesus said something strange to him, and Jesus said that we have a Savior. And, and even more strange than that, Jesus said we have a Savior who doesn't condemn. We have a Savior who doesn't condemn us, that didn't come to tell us that we're, we're mess-ups, that we've fouled up. Uh, we have a Savior who didn't come to judge us. And, and really, we talked about what the Greek word there meant was 
to, to judge us as if we don't have value. We don't have a Savior who looks at us and say, you are not worth being saved. We have a Savior instead who does deliver. He delivers us from sin uh, that, that separates us from God, and he delivers us from ourself. He delivers us from the things that takes, that keeps us from God. Now let's look at the, let's look at that second pillar as we, we finish this, uh, this, uh, this mini series in, inside the series of John. We have a decision, and here's that first decision. We have a decision to make, to believe. Look at verse 18, um, well, 17, 18. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We have a savior. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever believes in him. Uh, you, you know what I would, what I would love, what I would love to, to know would be, would be the truth. What, what I wish that I could preach. What, what, what I wish that, that I could tell everyone is that every one of us is going to be saved. I wish that I could, I wish that I could look at the words of Jesus and, and then kind of explain that out to say that it doesn't make any difference what we do. It doesn't make any difference where we go or what church we're at or what we believe. I, I wish I could say that, that every one of us is going to be saved. I wish I could say that every one of us is a child of God, that we all are His children. I wish I had the confidence at every funeral that I preach, I wish I could stand up at every funeral and say, man, this person is going to be in heaven. This person is receiving a award. They're better off now than they ever would be on this, this, this life. But, but if I did, I would be saying something different than what Jesus said. Let, let me, let me finish verse 18 there. Let me start. I'll, I'll read the whole verse. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. We have a decision. Are we going to believe? But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. See, uh, and I don't want to get caught up in semantics, so don't, don't freak out on this. I don't freak out on it. But we're, we're not all children of God. Now, we're all made by God. God created every one of us. He loves us all, but we're not all children of God. That title is reserved only for those who have made the decision to believe. Hold John 3, but go back to chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Uh, what does that say? It says that, that children of God are the ones who believe. Now, go back to chapter 3. Look at the last verse of chapter 3. John uh, three thirty six says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. This this may seem a little bit exclusive. It may seem a little bit limiting, but it really goes back to pillar number one. It goes back to that thought that Jesus said, God sent his Son into the world because the world needs a, a Savior. If all we had to do to be saved was be a good person. 
If, if all you had to do to know that you're going to heaven is to pay your taxes and be relatively kind to your neighbor and, and every so often do a couple good things, if that's all you had to do to be saved, if all you had to do to be saved was to take care of your kids, to, to feed them and clothe them and, well, not messing them up too badly, if that's all you had to do to be saved, if all you had to do to be saved was try to make others happy and, feel bad if you hurt someone and in some small way make the world a better place. If all you had to do to be saved was not be a turtle, a, a total jerk, a, a colossal mess, uh, a, a murderer, a molester, a mobster, if that's all you had to do to be saved, then you know what? We don't need John 3.16 and John 3.17. We don't need a Savior if we can do it ourselves. If If I can do enough good stuff, if I can live just enough righteous, in, in enough righteous way that, that I'm saved, then I don't need to be saved. If, uh, or I don't need a Savior. If I can be saved by being relatively a good person, now, now let, me, let me just interject there just quickly. Uh, who gets to decide that? Who, who gets to decide if I'm a relatively good person? And, and wouldn't it be a bummer if you found out at the end that you were almost a relatively good person? You were one, you were one kind act away from being a good person. You were, you were one good, one good decision from being a, a, a good parent that, that led your kid in the right. Who gets to decide that if, if, if it's us and what we do that saves us? Now, seems like a simple point, doesn't it? Uh, that, that we need to believe seems like a simple point that we have a savior and 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 all we have to do is decide to believe and yeah it is simple the gospel is simple what we have to do is simple what god did for us in sending his son to take our sin and die on our hey that really is simple but do you realize man that is deep and it's important. See, see, we have to believe, but here's the real challenge. Here's the real challenge. And, and actually, let's see it from, from, from this eye. The real challenge for Nicodemus. Uh, remember, this whole passage was, was actually Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Now, it applies to us. That's the cool thing about Scripture. It can be talking to someone else. And it really still applies to us. So, so read John 3 as if Jesus is talking to you. But never forget who he was talking to. He was talking to Nicodemus. He, so the context was he was telling this guy, this Nicodemus, that, that he needed to make a decision to believe in who Jesus was. Now I'll say it again. I've, I've said it the last three weeks. We are a lot like Nicodemus. Some of us here today are trying to figure out, just like Nicodemus was, trying to figure out what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this Jesus guy? The, the real challenge for Nicodemus came down to these two pillars. It came down to there's a Savior. Am I going to trust him? There's a Savior. Am, am, am I going to believe that Jesus has something to do with my salvation and it's not me? It's not what I It's not my rule-keeping, my law, uh, obedience. Uh, am I going to believe in Jesus? Enough to let him be the one to save me. Now, now we have to make a decision then, don't we? We have to make a decision to believe. 
See, that's the, that's the real challenge for Nicodemus. That's what he was facing through the, this whole discussion about being born again and, and God sending a son. It's really about Nicodemus you're going to believe. So, so what's the real deal then for us? That's the real challenge for Nicodemus, but what's the real deal for us? Let me, let me put it this way. Do you believe? Do you believe? Two things. Do you believe that you're lost? See, if you're here this morning and you don't, you don't believe you're lost, if you're here this morning and you don't believe that you need a Savior, well, welcome to Nicodemus' world because that's kind of what Nicodemus was fighting with a little bit. That's why Jesus was talking to him like he did. If you don't believe that you're lost, well, we got to go back to square one. See, see, pillar number one is we have a Savior. That requires us to understand that without Jesus, we're lost. And, and until we accept the fact that Jesus is the one that saves us, and not me, not what I do, not, not coming to church, not doing enough good things, not, it's none of that, it's Jesus. Till I believe that I need someone to pay my price, someone to die for me, someone to save me, we're, we're going to struggle. My, uh, I, I've talked about this, this guy before. I had a friend growing up named Randy. Uh, Randy was in my class. He had two sisters that were in the classes of, uh, my, uh, my older sisters. And Randy's mom was one of my, my mom's best friends, still is one of her best friends today. Randy's dad worked at the, the railroad shop that my dad worked at. They, they drove to work every day for years in the same car. So, so our family, we went to church together. Our families were, were very, very close. And, and, uh, when Randy was, I, I don't know, maybe second, third, fourth grade, somewhere in there, he and his family decided to go over to St. Louis to go to Six Flags. Six Flags had just opened up. It hadn't been open very long. And, 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 and Sonny Knox, his dad, uh, his nickname was Reddy Cash. So read into that, and whatever you want to read into it is accurate. His dad was a character. But, so Sonny loaded up the car with the, their kids, and they headed over to St. Louis. I, I remember talking to Randy the next day or a couple days later because I knew he was going to Six Flags, and I was jealous. I said, Randy, how did it go at Six Flags? Did you have a blast? Did you ride the roller coaster? And Randy just kind of shook his head, and he said, we never made it. We never got there. That's really all he said. I actually heard the story years later. Uh, my mom told me this story. What what happened is Sonny got over to St. Louis just fine. And he got on to, to uh, uh, the highway 270 that would take him to Interstate 44 that would take you to Six Flags. And when he got off, when he got off 270, for the first time in Sonny's life, he experienced a cloverleaf. Uh, you, there's not a lot of those anymore. They have a kind of weird intersections, but a cloverleaf, as soon as you get on the interstate, there's another exit ramp and you go up that and you get on, then there's another exit and you can, you could just get on those and keep going in circles all four directions over and over again. <laughs> the Knox has spent a couple hours going in circles up on the interstate, down, back on the exit ramp and back up over and over again. I can only imagine. Great song, isn't it? But I can only imagine what was going on in that car. Now, Mona was a fairly quiet lady, but some of you guys, are you only imagining what your wife would say? If <laughs> uh, Now, we don't have to do that because we have iPhones. We could plug in our iPhone, and we would go. I'll stuff out my 
we'd go there, but, but I can only imagine after just four or five trips around in circles that Mona had to find his Sonny. Sonny, we need to get some help. And Sonny just, he, he probably, he probably was enjoying it. He probably was laughing. That's who he was. Now nah, I got it. And just over and over and over again. Uh, cause in his eyes, he wasn't lost. If, uh, if we're going to figure it out, the, the real deal for us is, is we have to believe. But first of all, we have to believe that we're lost. We have to believe that we can't do it. We have to believe that, that, that we're not good enough. We have to believe that we can't live impressive, impressively enough that God would notice us. We have to believe that we can't do enough righteous, holy, good, reward you want to use things that we would earn enough brownie points that that okay that's got it covered you're good to go we have to believe that we need that we need saving that we need a lifeline that we need someone to say this is the direction you go and so really what that means is that we have to believe that jesus is that savior do do you believe that and let me encourage you to to do this. Believe that you can't be bad enough for God to not love you. That you can't do enough garbage in your life that Jesus still couldn't die for you. Do you believe that Jesus went to a cross for you? And and on that cross, the, the one person he was thinking about was you. The one person on his mind was, I'm going to this cross because I know, insert name, is going to sin and need to be saved. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're saved, or or when you're saved, then God will call you his child? And we know from John chapter 10 that he'll know you by name and call you by name, that you can live a life that's blessed, that you can live a life that, that is certain of heaven someday if you believe. Believing in Jesus is, is what's required. Whoever believes in him, is not condemned. Now, now believing, let me just toss this out. That's deeper than just saying, yeah, I believe. Yes, okay, let me say it. it it's, it's much deeper than that. It, it moves us to actually repent, which is turning from our sin. It moves us to confess him literally with our lips, because scripture, scripture says that if we confess with our lips, we're saved. If we believe and, and confess with our lips, we're saved. It also means that, that we confess him with our life, that we do, that we're obedient to him in baptism, that then we live a life of discipleship. We have to believe. We have to make a decision to believe and and, and look at verse 19, because it comes down then, we have to decide to choose. See, we have a choice. Which, which route are we going to go? Look at verse 19. This is the verdict. It really comes down to this. And, and remember, again, he's, he's talking to Nicodemus. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Jesus is probably talking about two things here. Number one, he's talking about sin. It's obvious he's talking about sin. Sin is darkness. Sin's going to lead us away. The, the, the word darkness comes from the Greek word skatos, and skatos has the idea of being covered, 
uh, being covered. So when we choose sin, it covers us. And the sin loves to be hidden from the darkness. Although, uh, as we pointed out in Sunday school days, a lot of that is coming out in the open now and we're, we're pretending like it's okay. But, but, but sin loves darkness. We love to hide. That's what Jesus said there. So Jesus is talking about sin, but he's also talking about, in context, he's, he's talking about a decision, a purposeful place that we sometimes put us. Skatos also has the idea of a tent. It has the idea, the root word has the idea of a tent. Now, now let me illustrate it this way. Probably you have done this with your kids. Did, did you ever, as a child or with your kids, did you ever take a blanket and set up, set up a couple chairs and then throw that blanket over the chairs and then your kids crawl under that and into a dark place? Maybe they crawled in there and they had a, uh, had a flashlight. Maybe you had a book or, or I remember as a kid, I, I, I didn't particularly like it, but my brothers and sisters would do, we'd get, get in there and we'd crawl under. My cousin Perry would come over and tell ghost stories. I didn't really like that, but, but we'd get under that tent in that dark place. Uh, we, we purposely did. How about this? Do, have you ever played a hide and seek with your little ones? And they, they run to go hide and you, you start counting, you get to 10 or 20, whatever it is, and you go look for them and, and you find your kid and they, they crawled under the couch and their head is under the couch and they're in a dark place. But they're not hard to find because their legs and their body and the rest of them sticking. But they put themselves in, in that tent. They put themselves in that darkness. They, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm okay. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus here. And in part, when he's talking to this guy that trusted in the law, that trusted in doing it himself, part of the application has to be Nicodemus, maybe not right away, but but maybe it was months later, maybe it was years, maybe it was after Jesus went to the cross and went to heaven. Maybe it, it, it clicked with Nicodemus. Oh, that's what he was trying to get me to see. It's not about what I'm doing. It's not about this place that I put myself. And I think I'm okay. See, we we have a decision. Are we going to choose darkness? So obviously, choose sin. No, we don't want that. But are we going to choose to to try to do it ourselves, or are we going to believe in Jesus? And that what he says, verse twenty one. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Whoever lives by the truth, whoever believes in me, whoever puts his trust in me is in the light. We have a decision. A decision to choose the truth. After, uh, after spending three uh, or two or three days in uh, West Maui, Donnie, you guys come on up. I've spent a couple of days in West Maui. Reed and I had one afternoon with nothing planned, and we decided to uh, we decided to take a drive. Uh, Rita's stepbrother Jim had been to Hawaii many times, and he said, uh, "In fact, they always stayed in West Maui." And he said, "One of the things you want to do is go up and see the blowhole. Uh, it's a place on the ocean along the beach where the the waves come in, and when they hit just right, it it, it shoots a spout of water up in the air. And so so I found it on that little map the guy had given me, and we headed to the uh, we headed to the uh, uh, out to the car, and we headed north on Route 30 that we'd come in on. But now we're going north, and and we get up where where the road turns and kind of is running along the coast to the north, and 
and, and we're driving along, and we never did see the blowhole. It's like, man, where is that at? But, but as we're driving, Route 30 starts to get a little bit more narrow. In fact, it changed from Route 30 to, to Route 340. I never even saw the change. I don't know when it happened or why it happened, but, but, but when it changed to Route 340, the road just got a little more narrow almost with every mile. Are your, your hands sweating now, Rita? Uh, and, and we finally came to this one corner. We were up on a cliff looking at beautiful out over the ocean and the road turned and headed back in downhill into the, into, to the West Maui forest, basically. And the road got narrower and narrower as we're headed down. Rita, Rita is commenting to me about her lack of joy at this point. And, uh, and as we're driving, we hear a, we hear a car kind of on the other side honking. We're like, what's going on? And we, and we figured out when we got down to the bottom and, and we crossed a lot, almost a little low water bridge, we crossed and the road narrowed. And, and I swear, it, it wasn't much wider than this aisle. Barely enough for one car. And we met another car. Now we knew why it was honking. It was saying, hey, I'm here because there's not room for both of us. And we literally, we met them and we, I got all the way over. Luckily I was on the hillside, so I wasn't freaked out. They were on the side that dropped off down into a, a, a big tree area. And somehow we met and Rita, when we passed, Rita looked at me and said, get me out of here. And I'm thinking, I think I'd said this earlier when she started uh, maybe not having so much joy. I kind of said, honey, this is an adventure. This is fun. Uh, I, I tried to act tough after we passed that car, like, oh, come on, honey, it, it, let's keep on going. But, but, but she said, no, get me out of here. And I'm just now admitting to you, I was, thank you, honey. I was scared too. So we, but I'm like, what do you do? There's no, there, you, luckily we were able to go up to the top of the hill. There was a small area we could turn around and we went back down. We found the blowhole finally and, and went on. But as we were driving, it hit me. What if I'd followed my phone? That's the route my phone tried to get me to take from the airport. We got to our hotel that night that when we first went at, after dark. We would have been traveling that, that narrow little road, cliffs along the ocean and into the forest at night. We were there to celebrate our 60th birthday and our 40th wedding anniversary coming up. I wouldn't have seen 61 or 40 if I'd have taken that route. See, we're, we're faced with a decision. We have a decision. That's what Jesus said. Pillar number one, we have a Savior. But pillar number two is you've got to decide. You've got to decide. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you choose to follow? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you sent your Son to the cross to die for us, Lord, just give us, give us that simple message. Help us understand fully and completely that you are the one that died for us and that we need you. Lord, let us believe today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to make a decision this morning, we would encourage you to come. We would challenge you to come and believe.